Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We're in a series this, this morning, so we normally uh, preach in sort of series about sort of four to five week blocks um, each time. Uh, after saying that, this one is three weeks, um, but we're continuing our series which is called Powerhouse a church on fire. And so what we're doing is we are journeying through uh, the first few chapters of the book of Acts, which is in the New Testament. And, uh, and we're looking at the, what's known as the birth of the church. So this, this occurs after Jesus has been crucified uh, on the cross and then risen from the dead. He's, he's appeared to many people. And then the Bible says that He ascends into heaven. And as I preached about last week, Jesus' first instruction to his team, the, the, the thing that I do after living with him for you know, three years or so, seeing the ministry just, you know, uh, just go off and signs and wonders and miracles and all those, all those things happen, um, his first instruction to them is to wait. He says, wait, go into Jerusalem and wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And so last week we talked through the fact that even though this was a specific instruction to the disciples at the time about this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, um, known as the day of Pentecost, it's still a, a pattern that we can apply to our lives today. That is that we set aside ourselves to seek God to seek His Spirit, to seek His purpose and His plan for our lives. We, we, we don't seek God because we don't know where He is. It's not like some big, you know, like cosmic game of, of hide and seek when, you know, Jesus is doing the, ha I'm up the tree 10 metres and you haven't found me. So anyone else did that as a kid? No, just me. Okay, that's all right. Um, so it's not like that, but seeking God is actually about laying down our own desires, our own plans, our own purposes to take up His take up His plan and His purpose for our lives. So, so seeking God and His Spirit is about emptying our lives so that we can be filled. You see, it's hard to fill something that's already filled with the things of this world. Uh, John the Baptist said this in uh, John chapter 3, verse 30, uh, talking about himself. He says, I'm sorry, I must, uh, sorry, let me get this right again. He must increase, but I must decrease. And so Jesus gave His disciples an instruction to go and prepare themselves for what was to come. And I believe that God is continuing to call us to that same heart attitude that we would go and seek Him. We would set aside the things of this world and say yes to Jesus Christ. And so we read this Scripture uh, last week and it's Jesus' promise to His disciples as He tells them to wait. It's Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, But you will receive power... When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And so this morning, I want to place the emphasis on that phrase, you'll be my witnesses. Or another version says that you'll be witnesses to me. You see, there's a very specific purpose 
for this power that the Holy Spirit wants to come and fill our lives with. Uh, It wasn't power for power's sake. It was power to be a witness, to be a witness of what Jesus had accomplished to the rest of the world. That was the purpose of the Holy Spirit's power for the disciples then and for us today. Uh, John 15 verses 26 and 27, this is Jesus talking to His disciples about the fact that the Holy Spirit will come after He ascends. Uh, Verse 26, it says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, He will bear witness about me, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. You see, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to empower us to be a witness, a witness in the way we live that we would display the righteousness of Jesus, not because of our own goodness, but because we are aligning our lives to live in step with Christ, in step with Jesus. A witness in the words that we speak, not just in the fact that words are encouraging and words filled with patience and understanding, but actually telling Jesus, sorry, actually telling people about what Jesus has done in our lives. That, that the role that we take, like it says, is the role of a witness. Notice we're not judge, we're, we're not the jury, we're simply a witness, someone who explains what we've seen. That's what the Holy Spirit comes to empower us to do. Now, if you're familiar with the Bible, you would know that, um, if you're not, that's, that's okay, let me explain to you. But you, you would know that one of Jesus' original team, original disciples, um, Judas Iscariot, ends up betraying Jesus, okay? So the Bible tells us that after this occurred, that Judas is so distraught and sees no way out that he actually takes his own life. And so then in Acts, Peter explains from the Old Testament that someone needs to take his place. And, and I want to read this, this uh, couple of verses to you. And let's, let's listen for our key word of witness here. So this is Peter speaking. It says, um, um, so he, he's explaining the fact that we need to replace Judas. And it says, so one of the men who had accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us. One of these men must become a witness, must become, sorry, with us, a witness to his resurrection. You see, once again, we find this word witness that Peter says, okay, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to replace this guy. And um, just side funny note, you can read this at home. What they actually do is they get two people together and they think, okay, it could be, could be this guy, could be this guy. We're not sure, so we're going to cast lots to see who gets it. And so if you don't know what casting lots are, it's basically rolling the dice. So I, I don't know, maybe we should bring this back into church. We're like, okay, it could be you in leadership, could be you. Let's get, if you, you, know, if you get a, above a six, then it's you, and below a six, it's you. All right, here we, here we go with two dice. Let's, let's just see what happens. It's, it's, just, it's just amazing. But they, so anyway, side, side note, obviously I enjoyed that, but no one else did, but that's all right. But anyway, what, what happens is they, they, they choose uh, this new apostle, new disciple, but again, we find this word witness, Obviously, this is something important. This is more than just, you know, someone who knew what was going on. That this was that they were there from the beginning, that they were a witness to Christ, because being a witness to Jesus is the mission of the church. 
It is the mission on every believer that wherever we go, we would shine Jesus' light through our lives in the way that we act, in the words that we speak. And so in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit falls upon those 120 believers in the upper room. They speak in tongues, they prophesy, they give praise to God. And this creates such a commotion in Jerusalem that the crowd gathers. And so Peter steps up to preach. He steps up to preach the, the first message in his new church age as the church is birthed. And then in part of his message in Acts 2.32, it says this, this is Peter speaking as he's preaching. He says, this Jesus... God raised up, and of that we, are, we all are witnesses. Find this word witness again. Next chapter over, chapter 3 of Acts, and John and Peter, they're walking on their way to the temple as they normally did. And at the entrance of the temple, there's, this, uh, there's, there's a lame man who is begging, asking for money. And they look at him and they say the, the, the now famous words, you know, silver and gold have I none, but what I give, what I have, I give to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And as they do that, once again, the crowd is stirred. People gather because they're like, I recognise that guy. Wasn't, the guy, wasn't that the guy who's been being at, begging at the temple for the last you know, extended number of years? And now he's walking and leaping and praising God. So this crowd comes and they push Peter and John together, basically saying, explain what happened. And then once again, part of the message that Peter preaches, we'll read it from Acts 3, verse 12 through to 15. Says, he says, men of Israel... Why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us? As though by our own power or piety, we have made him walk. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead to this we are witnesses. Once again, Peter's using this whole idea that I am a witness to what Jesus Christ has done. You don't look like you believe me yet, so let's, let's, let's flick over a couple more. Acts chapter 5, right? The apostles are arrested. Again, they're thrown in front of the religious council, the religious leaders. And then I, I think you can probably guess what's coming. Here's part of their response to the um, you know, Inquisition. Um, but Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men, because they had told them to stop speaking about the name of Jesus. Verse 30, the God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and saviour to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. Now we could go through the whole of the book of Acts and I could add a couple of more um, examples, but for the sake of time, I won't. However, as you can see, this key component for the early church um, is that it grew so rapidly because the disciples were declaring that they were witnesses of Jesus Christ. 
They are witnesses of His power. They are witnesses of His life. They are witnesses of, of what He brought to the world. You see, the power of the Spirit was moving through their lives. There were miracles. There were people being healed. There were signs and wonders. This was a powerhouse, a church on fire, all coming from really uh, just a small Jewish sect that had risen to prominence while their leader was around and, and, and he had been crucified on a cross. The, his followers had claimed that he had risen from the dead, but it really came back to this small nucleus of 120 people in an upper room. And now here we are, thousands of years later, in sunny, thank the Lord for that today, Mandra, worshipping God together, dolphins playing down in the estuary at the same time, uh, souped up cars going past us about five minutes ago. But all because why? Because of this small group of believers that knew that they were witnesses to what Jesus had done. They, 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 they gave their lives to communicate something that Jesus was real. You see, the disciples' boldness came from the empowerment of the Spirit, of course, but also their assertion that they were witnesses to this. They, they, they were saying, like, we were with Jesus. We saw the miracles. We saw His resurrected body. We touched His wounds. We saw Him ascend into heaven. We have firsthand experience. You see, the disciples' lives and words displayed that firsthand experience that they were witnesses. So my question for you this morning, really, and to myself, included in this absolutely, is what does your life speak? What does your life declare? Does it speak of a first-hand experience with Jesus? Now, obviously, our first-hand experience is different from that of the disciples. Um, we're in a uh, you know, slightly different, different time. We didn't see Him in the flesh. We didn't follow Him physically. We didn't eat with Him physically. Or, or we didn't do life with Him physically like they did. We're in a different age. Yet, listen to Jesus' words as He addresses Thomas after He appeared to him so that he would believe and then, you know, believe that he was risen from the dead. This is John 20, verses 27 and 29. Then he said, that's Jesus to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believed. Can I tell you, that's us today. That's us today. It's so easy to think, oh, wow, if I was just back there, if I saw Jesus walk physically, I, I, I would be so much more, I don't know, passionate or bold or, or whatever. But Jesus says more, blessed are we who haven't seen Him in the flesh, yet by faith we believe in Him. By faith, we know that we are witnesses to the power of Jesus Christ. That is who we are. We have not seen Him physically, yet we have believed, and Jesus calls us to be witnesses to Him. Not only has He called us to be that, but He has sent His Holy Spirit to help empower us to carry the boldness and declare with both our mouths and our actions that Jesus is Lord. So, you might think, well, what does that look like for us today? How can we carry the same confidence and understanding that we're a witness 
of Jesus Christ? What does it look like in our workplaces, in our families, in our schools? And so, so I thought um, just a couple of stories that people had shared with me over the last a couple of weeks. I know there could be many more, but I'm going to invite um, Albert and Helen to the stage and they're going to come and share uh, their journey of being a witness recently. Let's clap them again because they're still coming. Helen, why don't you start? Ladies first, tell us about being a witness. Those stairs, old, old bodies don't like stairs. Um, no, mature, mature bodies, yeah. Um, I've, many of you know that I'm a counsellor. And um, when Marty asked me about this, three, uh, three clients immediately came to mind. And one was when I was volunteering for an organisation that wasn't upfront Christian, but everyone in it was Christian and we had the freedom to talk, about, to talk about Jesus, God, whatever. And I'd had this client for two, maybe three sessions and as, as, as the session went forward, I thought, there's a God moment, I can step in there. And I took that breath and I heard Holy Spirit say, stop, shut your mouth. That's how I know miracles happen, because I did. <laughs> and, and about two sessions later, the same thing happened. I can do it here. And you take the breath. No, no, not yet. That was twice, hearing the Holy Spirit. And the third time, perfect opportunity. I, and I, I hesitated. I said, but I didn't get the stop. And I went ahead and I, and I witnessed to this, this client. And they came to Christ. They gave their life to the Lord. That's the wait for the Holy Spirit moment. Um, the second, well, I've got to have my notes. This, uh, another one was um, I had a client who, you know, the new agey talk about the universe and, you know, I gave it to the universe and the universe did this. And in, at one stage I just felt to say, ask, can I just interrupt for a moment? When you say universe, what does that actually look like for you? What does that mean? And she thought for a moment and she said, well, I, I suppose God. Yeah. I said, okay, thank you. And I carried on. Seed sown. Um, the other one, the other workplace one, and I have got a home one actually, I've got two, two seconds after that. Um, this, is, this was, I was actually counselling here, I, um, um, Marty's kind enough to give me the parents room for, for clients who want the face to face. And um, this, this chap came in and within the first... 10 minutes of the session, I suppose, he'd thrown the word aliens in. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Challenge. <laughs> and um, as it went on, I was asking him about, you know, what, 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 uh, what are your wife's interests and what are your interests? And he's, uh, with, they was talking about television. Um, and I was just checking that he knew what his wife's interests were. He says, well, I like aliens and she likes the, the light murder, murder stuff, which is, you know, the Vera and the murder, murder she wrote and those sorts of things, is what I thought. Um, and, and then um, in my counselling, I use imagination. So I asked him, just a little bit, you know, 10, 15 minutes further on, I said, how's your imagination? He said, well, I believe in aliens. And I laughed and said, well, that's a really good imagination. 
We'd formed a good relationship by this time, so I could, I could say that. And immediately he said, because we were in this building, he looked at the, um, there were red cards in the parent. He said, do you go to this church? Are you religious? <laughs> I said, no. I said, I'm not religious. I have a faith and I have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Seed sown. Seed sown. Later on, he was in that, well, I don't know, same session or, or but anyway, talk, spoke about talking to his dead mother and grandmother. Da, 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 and, he, you know, went on a little bit and then it came up again and I said, you realise you can't talk to the dead? I said, how do you know? I said, well, dead is dead. I said, you're either talking to demons or angels. And he said, yeah, you're right. And I said, and demons, they, they, they give you the good things, but they don't last. He said, yeah, I know. And then he shared how, to, how he'd been into witchcraft. I mean, this is, this, I just love this. <laughs> but he said, um, he said he struggles to believe in God, but he probably does. Um, but he said it's, it's his scientific mind that stops him. And, and that's just, that's... That was thrown into my court. This is Holy Spirit knows who, who, who I need to counsel. I said, do you know what? I was exactly the same. When I came to Christ, I needed to know biologically, psychologically, geologically, archaeologically, historically, all the sciences that I could believe the Bible. I said, and when I researched that, I knew it was true. And the book I was given was Evidence That Demands a Verdict or I found it, I think, yeah, evidence that demand a, demands a verdict. And that proved to me in all those sciences that the Bible was true, that I could believe it, that what happened, that Jesus did rise from the dead and he is seated at the right hand and, um, and he's my saviour. So I gave him that name. Now, I don't, I've, I've since downloaded it, it as an e-book for my grandson, actually, who has the same questions. Um, and uh, so I gave him that as an e-book link and uh, I don't know what he'll do with that. I don't know where that will come to. But I know my next step with him is giving him a tract called Love Letters from the Father or the Father's Love Letters or something um, because his father was not a father as a father should be. And then I, I, I just thought I've got a... You know, my over-the-back um, neighbour, we introduced... They, they've, they moved in a few months ago. I introduced myself to, to them and we chat over the, over the back fence if we're, if we're there together. Um, and at one stage we were chatting and she said... And she was complaining about her, her next-door neighbour, who's a Christian, but keeps pushing, keeps pushing and saying, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you. And she, was, she felt uncomfortable. That's all, uh, what not to do. I said, I'm a Christian too. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, but you didn't even know that. You just know that I'm a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, just the other day, we were chatting over the back fence and, um, and she, she said to me, said, can you help me? She said, my son wants to go, to, go for... Um, I think it was school captain or a prefect or what, whatever they have today, and they, he has to give a. They're at a Christ, The kids are at a Christian church, uh, Christian school, and they had to. He had to give a uh, write an application covering all the Christian values, 
And she said, what are the Christian values? Open door. <laughs> so it's just waiting for those. It's waiting. They waited in the upper, upper room for the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit, but we still need to wait on him for those times and those t that, that he gives us the okay to open our mouths and speak. Good morning, all. Yeah, I have... I think I had a testimony a few months before about mentoring the youngsters, 12 to 14 years old. So this was one of my seasons. And then beginning this year, I had, had a struggle to get work. I was self-employed. One month, not a work, then a work, no work. So I came to the prayer team and we prayed about a good job. So yeah. We prayed intensively, <laughs> and the Lord answered. He gave me a job end of September, a totally new role where I never was really. I'm coming from quality management over 35 years, and said, you are going to work health and safety. I said, okay, going there. And I started there, had an interesting interview about changing a culture at work. And I said, okay, mm, feeling not really comfortable in this, but yeah, let us see. So I started at work, and uh, the first experience was driving with my boss to a site, and we were talking about faith. He was at school two years in a, in a Catholic school, and so, and so, yeah, it opened the door to say, I'm a Christian. And I have a relationship with the Lord. Okay, what do you do? I say, read every morning my Bible, my devotions, praying. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay, was the first step. And then two weeks later, we had management meeting, sitting there two hours, figures up, down, strategy here, there. And at the end of the meeting, close to the meeting, one guy said, we have to have faith in this project. Uh, project. And, and then I, the other one said, yeah, I'm a Catholic, what is faith? I said, I was raised as a Catholic as well, but this is not what the Bible and uh, the belief is saying. What do you mean with this? I said, I got baptized and gave my heart to the Lord here in Australia. And you don't need a priest as an interface to the Lord. You can have your own relationship with yeah. the Lord. And then they what? <laughs> so, I, so I explained it, or tried it in my words to explain. I said, look, Jesus died for us uh, for, and took all the sins away, but he opened as well the door to have a direct conversation and relationship to the Lord. A lot of guys are thinking he's carrying all the burdens he does, and he died for this on the sin, but he also made a way to have a communication by yourself with the Lord. And so we talked five minutes, eight minutes about Jesus in a management meeting. I said, hey, Lord, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so a week later, I was driving with a supervisor to a site, checking about work health and safety rules. We entered the car. He turned the key. And when you turn the key, your media is picking up what you hear the last time. Yeah. And bang, devotions, playing. <laughs> 
Steve, are you a Christian? Yes, I am. <laughs> so, and uh, this Friday I had a two-hour chat with my boss in the room, closed the door. I said, what's going on? And he said, I'm struggling five, six months. We, we have a, a negative development in our work area. I need your help. I said, what? You need my help? <laughs> that I'm here for workers and safety. Yes, but I had already good feedback in these six weeks from two guys. Uh, I catch up as, as a Christian, asking how you're doing today, and mentally I'm not so fit. Okay, but what's wrong? Come on, we have a coffee, talk about this. And he said, at the end, he wrote it in the, in the goals to shift the work culture. And uh, it's unbelievable. And I felt a little bit uncomfortable in this all. And the best is happened last week, eight days ago. I got an invitation from the very top dog in Australia to move there to Sydney three days with five guys to talk about change. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Come on, why don't we thank Albert and Helen again. I know they're just a couple of um, many stories that we, could, uh, that we could share. And so as we start to come to a close this morning, and uh, I want to give you a couple of challenges on embracing, the pur uh, embracing this purpose of the Holy Spirit's power in, in, in our lives. And so, so, so number one, here's the, here's the first challenge, is what have you witnessed? What have you witnessed? Can you put into words how Jesus has worked in your life? They don't have to be the most eloquent words. They don't have to sound amazingly, you know, religious or spiritual or whatever. The only things they have to be is your words. Honest, real, authentic, just, just who you are. Can you put into words what Christ has done in your life? Maybe a great exercise this week would be for you to take a few moments and, and, and write down some, what, what are some key firsthand things that I've experienced through my relationship with Jesus Christ? See, the scripture I read earlier where Jesus was telling his disciples that he was sending the Holy Spirit, it said in John 15, 27, uh, Jesus speaking to his disciples, and you also will bear witness. Why? Because you have been with me from the beginning. Where have you been with Jesus? Maybe for you it was in a really dark and challenging time. Possibly you've witnessed Jesus be with you and lift you out of despair, out of grief, out of addiction, out of heartbreak. Maybe you've been with Jesus when everything looked great on the outside, but on the inside there was a lack of, of purpose, of meaning. It was just the, you know, the daily grind of life. Maybe you've been a witness to Jesus' miracle-working power in your life or your family through uh, physical healings or restoration or broken relationships being restored, supernatural doors being opened to um, jobs and homes and you know, just opportunities and connections. You know, as much as we love gathering together here on a Sunday, and it's a place where we pray for people, where we believe for miracles, where comfort and peace flow, our witness has got to be more than just I attend church, but I have witnessed something firsthand. Like um, Albert shared, uh, we don't need a priest or a pastor or anyone else to, to have a relationship 
with God. We just need Jesus. And so as a, how have you, how have you witnessed that in your life? So that's the first challenge. The second challenge is this, is to expect opportunities. Expect opportunities. I don't know about you, but I find that the more I expect to be a witness for Jesus, the more I am. The more I look for open doors like Helen shared about learning to hear the, the prompting or the voice of the Spirit to say, yes, speak now or no, shut up, wait till later. You know, we've all, um, you know, I, I've found those as well. There's been times when I've gone, yep, listen to the Spirit. There's been times when I've opened my mouth and as I'm speaking, I'm hearing the Holy Spirit saying, you're an idiot because He talks to me like that. It's, it's okay. And he's like, shut up. And I'm like, oh no, just, just missed it here. But that, that, that's all right. We we listen and we look for those opportunities. I'm going to guess that most people here, if you go to work tomorrow, someone at work will probably ask you, how was your weekend? Probably at, at some point. Or, you know, words to that effect. Who knows that even a simple comment like, oh, it was a great weekend. I, you know, saw three giants and went to church. You know, that combo doesn't normally come up, but it does at the moment, you know. Um, just even a simple comment like that can be an opportunity for another conversation. You know, one of our values as a church is, is being Spirit-led. And that doesn't mean that we have to, you know, pray to ask the Holy Spirit to tell us what to order off the menu or what outfit to wear or anything like that. But it does mean that we take time to stop and to listen for the Holy Spirit's leading. Imagine if every day you just took a moment at the start of the day and said a very simple, small prayer, maybe in the car on the way to work or on the train or whatever, on your way to school and said, okay, God, what opportunity do you have for me today? I, I can guarantee that when we approach each day like that, it's amazing the opportunities that open up. Maybe Luke can come and join me on the guitar. Um, back in September last year, if you were here then, you would uh, remember this, but we did, a, um, we did a quick fit where we renovated this building. There used to be a wall sort of along there, so all the people on that side would have been in the parents' room, the office and, and the storeroom. So we you know, knocked out that wall, did this whole big, uh, whole big thing that was, that was coming up. And I, I remember it being, because uh, we try and do everything in one week, and so that, you know, Sunday it looks like one thing, you come back the next day and, you know, a bunch of you are all part of that, which is, which is awesome. We love it. But I remember being, it being about midweek and um, the parents' room that we built there just wasn't quite coming together. There'd, there'd been a start, it sort of had a couple of things uh, happen with it, but I was looking at it thinking, hmm. I think this is going to struggle. We're going to, we're going to struggle to get this done. Like, ah, oh, and I'm a bit of a perfectionist, to be honest. I'm like, no, no, I said it's going to be done. It's got to be done. And I'm like praying about it. It was one of those prayers where you pray, God, help me. <laughs> that was about the extent of the prayer. Like, what are, we, what, are we, what are we going to do? And I remember as I prayed that, um, I thought of this guy who was a builder, had probably only been coming to our church for about a month. And I thought, you know what? I'm desperate. I'm going to ask him. <laughs> so I rang, many of you know him, um, Matt Gangel. And um, he, so Matt and Kayla have now moved to America and studying at Bethel School of Ministries and doing, uh, doing amazing. I spoke with them on the phone a couple of weeks ago. They're going really well. But anyway, so I rang Matt up and I said, hey, mate. And then I let him know what was happening. And then he was like, 
I really want to do like a Matt impersonation voice, and it sounds great in my head if you if 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 you know him. But anyway, I'll try and and he's like, oh mate, like you wouldn't believe it. I was praying this morning, and I said, God, I'm sick of building. I, I just want to do something for you. Come on, God, give me give me something something to do for you today. And he's like, oh, I think this is that opportunity. I said, you know what, Matt? I reckon this is that opportunity as well. <laughs> it's amazing, right? That now everything we do to be a witness to Christ won't probably be physically building the church. But it's amazing on the same day, Matt's there praying, okay, God, come on, I want to do something for you today, whatever that is. I'm praying, God, help. (laughs) I need you. And the Holy Spirit's like, okay, cool. We'll just line those two up. Just line those two up. Why? Because we're we're Spirit-led. Because we believe that the Holy Spirit comes to empower us to be a witness. To be a witness in our school. To be a witness to our friends. To be a witness in our social groups. And like I said, it won't all happen like that all the time. But you know what we do is we plant seeds. We plant seeds. Just like Helen mentioned, we plant seeds. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to share this because I, I think it's important as we come to a close. But you know, last school holidays, uh, we went to New South Wales to visit, uh, visit my family. Um, and uh, part of my story is that I grew up going to church with my mum and two younger brothers, but my dad never went. Uh, hasn't believed in God his whole life. He's getting closer. But he's had a family who have been heavily involved in ministry. My mum was the assistant pastor for years. Um, my brother and sister-in-law were location pastors of a church for a number of years. My other brother uh, and sister-in-law are involved heavily in, in ministry in their church. You know, dad's just a bit stubborn. But anyway, while, while we were there in September, um, there was this discussion with dad and a few family members about, about God and particularly prayer. And um, dad said about prayer, he's like, oh, it doesn't really make sense and he didn't think that God really answered the right prayers because he was like you know there's all these people going through tremendous hardship in Ukraine and other places and and where's God in that moment yet you say that God healed your ward and I was just like so background background story Um, when I was 14 I went to this youth camp and they had the strangest altar call you've ever heard. This guy at the front says, I'm going to pray for people for healing. And it's specifically if you've got warts. <laughs> if you've got warts, come down the front. We're going to pray for you to be healed. And so once you sort of got past your, yeah, I'm one of the wart ones. Okay, I'll come down, come down the front. Once you humbled yourself. So I got prayed for and I'd had this wart on my foot. And I'd done the ward off, had been to the doctor, done the nitro, you know, ultra cold thing. They'd try and burn it off. Nothing had, nothing had worked, right? So I got prayed for, sort of forgot about it. Then I went back to the camp and I took my sock off and I looked at my foot and where the wart was, I, I kid you not, smooth as, like baby's bottom right on the bottom of my foot. Like that's how, that's how amazing the skin was, right? So, so that had happened when I was 14, right? Now, 26 years later, as we're talking about prayer with my dad who doesn't believe in God, he mentions, you know, because you reckon God healed your wart. And I was like, hold up, Dad. I have never, ever heard you mention that in 26 years. Never come up. Never been a topic of conversation 
I'm like, in fact, I'm like, how do you remember that happening then? Or have you heard me preach about, because I've used that story a few times. Um, you know, have you heard me preach about that? And dad's just sort of, you know, pushed it off the side. Oh, I don't know, you know, I, I pay more attention than you think, blah, blah, blah. And anyway, and then the conversation moved on to, to prayer and God. And I just thought, you know, the seeds of being a witness, you don't know what they're leaving in people. Maybe it'll be 26 years before you hear about it. Maybe you'll never hear about it. Maybe you'll step into eternity at the end of your life and people come up and go, thank you for your witness. You're like, wow, I, I, I didn't realise. Thank you for your witness. Oh, wow, I, I didn't realise the seemingly small words or acts that I did actually did something to impact your life. But I know this, that the Holy Spirit, He wants to come and He wants to fill us with power power with a purpose, and that is power to be a witness to Him. So this morning, this week, 